This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. All right, what is going on? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Caroline Offenstein. I should ask you how to say your last name. Offenstein, pretty good. That okay. was really good. <laughs> close, close. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm super excited to dive into some fun topics today. Absolutely. So for the listeners who might not know, who might not follow you, which I'm guessing we have a lot of mutual followers, but just give us in a nutshell who you are, what you're up to right now. Yeah. So again, my name is Caroline Offenstein. I'm actually out in Colorado and I am a coach for Tailored Coaching Method, formerly Boom Boom Performance. And so that is what I do full-time, nutrition coaching, online platform. And then I'm also a very new (laughs) IFBB Bikini Pro, won my pro card this year. So I am diving full force into competing in the bikini division of bodybuilding as well right now. I love it. Perfect. And like we were just talking about right before we hit record here, I feel like like I've followed you for a very long time. We followed each other for a very long time. And I've kind of got to see firsthand your like all these different experiments you've had. Like I think when I first followed you, you were really <laughs> big into CrossFit. And then I literally feel like I watched you like go through the transformation of like, okay, now I'm into bodybuilding and like spending a long time just focusing on building and then like winning your pro card and everything like that. So it's been cool to see that firsthand just from your social media. But I really wanted to dive into your story, kind of your transformation through fitness over the last, honestly, as far back as you want to take it, because I'm sure there's a lot of nuggets that the listeners will take away from that. So if you don't mind, can we just dive into like, what got you into fitness? What got you started with all this? And then kind of take us through your journey to where you are today. Totally. Yeah. Buckle up, I guess. (laughs) So uh, I was kind of late to the fitness game. Honestly, I was always an athlete growing up. I did cheerleading for a couple years and then found rugby. My high school actually had a, yeah, we had a women's rugby team and we actually won state a couple years in Minnesota. Okay. So I was diehard into that. I actually played for two years in college as well uh, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So I was really into rugby and, you know, having fun with my team and those team sports, but I didn't really like work out. Like okay. I, I just, you know, went to practices and then, um, Madison does have a little bit of a party reputation, you know, very much work hard, play hard. Right. So I did partake in that. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot of beer drink over those years and not a lot of fitness to be totally honest. <laughs> But then after I graduated, I had a corporate job in Wisconsin and was living in this small town. And the only gym there was a CrossFit gym. And I was like, well, I want to do some type of (laughs) something since I'm not playing sports anymore. So that's how I found CrossFit. And that's when I kind of dove headfirst into the fitness realm and started learning everything I could. So within like my first year of doing CrossFit, I became a level one coach and started coaching. And then soon after that, moved out to Colorado, where I'm at now, and actually started working in the outdoor industry. So I was doing CrossFit workouts. I was coaching CrossFit. And then my job was I was a whitewater raft guide. Oh, no. So like, yeah. So that's a lot of activity. (laughs) And you know, prior to that, I was, when I got into CrossFit, it was still very much, you know, the paleo mentality. So low carb, but you know, eating quote unquote healthy. And when I was doing all of those things, I was like, I am not making any progress in any area of my life. You know, like my physique's not on point. I'm not really pushing CrossFit hard. uh, Cause I was just, I was toast. So that's when I, you know, had heard some things and read some things online. And I was like, I need to dig more into nutrition because maybe this is just not the route for me. What I'm doing isn't working, you know? And that is when I got my precision nutrition certification. So I think this was 2017 is when I kind of really started getting into more nutrition. 
and trying to figure out how to fuel my body the right way so that I could keep up with all these things I was doing. Um, so I started taking on, you know, a couple of clients here or there at the CrossFit gym to start and then um, was still, you know, hardcore, 100 percent CrossFit all the time, just right. the Kool-Aid straight in the IV. And uh, but then in 2018 is when I kind of hooked up with Cody Boom Boom, who is kind of our mutual acquaintance and started his internship and working as a coach for what's now tailored coaching method. So yeah, I guess that gives you an overview of how I got to being a nutrition coach. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then you wanted to know kind of more about how I let's, got into bodybuilding, right? <laughs> let's actually before, cause that springs up something else super interesting. I want to dive yeah. into your story of like, I want to dive into your physique transformation a bit as well. Yeah. But actually talk us through. So you went from a corporate job to whitewater rafting to coaching. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a pretty drastic change. So like, what was your corporate job initially? I was a buyer for a very large food and ingredient company. Okay. So I basically bought like spices and herbs that go into like McDonald's sandwiches. And so I thought, because I was always interested in the agriculture system, I studied business, and then I also studied environmental uh, sciences. So I was hoping that like, working for a big food giant would give me some insights. And you know, I was all that like young, and I'll change the world by myself. And I'll get in there and everything will be organic. And (laughs) that definitely wasn't how it was. (laughs) Okay. I learned very quickly that, you know, that corporate life just was not going to work for me and what I wanted to get out of my life. And I, there was no flexibility, you know, it was very much that kind of drone mentality. Um, So I actually had a friend who was a ski instructor in Breckenridge at the time. And he was like, well, I love ski instructing, like, you know, maybe you should come out here and do that. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't want to live outside every day in the winter of Colorado. But he's like, well, a lot of ski instructors are raft guides in the summer. And I had been rafting one time, because I went to New Zealand after I graduated school. And I was like, sure, let's do that. And I like literally bought a tent because we had to live outside all summer. It was like the biggest 180 of my life. Like That's I just dope. packed up my car, bought a tent and I was like, let's see what happens. Okay. Um, but it was the best decision I ever made. Like, you know, those scary decisions are sometimes really what you need to shake right. things up. So Oh, no, I I love it. And I couldn't agree more because I imagine you probably talked to quite a few people who like want to make a shift or I know like a lot of coaches listen to this podcast who are trying to make the shift from like, maybe I'm not even a full time coach yet. Maybe I have a day job or like maybe I work at like a big box gym and I want to transition out on my own. And I feel like it's always I feel like it always takes like a scary, scary jump like that. Like, For you, was that a pretty intimidating situation or was it something you didn't really have to think too much about? Oh, it was super intimidating. My parents were like, you are freaking nuts. They're supportive, but they're also like, you're making a big mistake. Right. (laughs) You know, like, go do it. But just so you know, like, this is probably a huge mistake. (laughs) But, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, once they saw me out here and they saw how happy I was, then they were like, I guess it was good for you. Um, But yeah, I totally agree with, you know, anytime you want to make shifts in your life and you realize different passions, following them is always going to be scary. Because like, even when I started taking on clients and I just had, you know, a couple here or there when I first started and I was working um, an office job at that time, again, kind of in between rafting and stuff like that. And I started really slow because I was scared. (laughs) So I had, you know, like 10 clients. And then I asked my boss at the time if I could, you know, decrease my hours at the quote unquote stable job and just kind of slowly like built that up until I was like, screw it. You know, I'm just going to go for it now that I have a little more confidence with it. So I think it's okay to do a slow and steady approach with that as long as, you know, you keep pushing yourself and you don't let fear like keep you in a box. That's when I think it's a bad decision (laughs) to say hundred percent. And I think that transitioning to coaching, one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is, well, not, it's very like everything. It depends, right? Because some mm-hmm. people genuinely might just not be ready to actually be a good coach. But I also think that like, I talked to a ton of people that are like, yeah, I want to, I want to like kind of do this. I want to like, do what you do, but 
I'm still like doing my market research. I want to make sure I'm hyper clear on like exactly who I'm talking to in my content before I start putting anything out. I want to make sure my systems are on point. I would say like the best way to get that shit figured out is just to do it. Like if, and again, this is, if you've like have no idea what the hell you're doing, don't start taking on clients. But if you know you're a good coach, you can provide a good service. It's easy to like, be like, I need to get all this stuff figured out before I take somebody on. But I think like the best thing you can do is just like, start taking people on and then like figure it out from there. Yeah, totally. Cause I mean, especially with, you know, nutrition coaching, it is always a learning process. Oh yeah. Cause you probably will never have two clients who are exactly the same, you know, right. cause nobody is exactly the same. So yeah. And nothing, nothing will ever be perfect. You're never right. going to be like, I am 110% prepared and now I will quit my job and be a coach like that, that situation will never present itself. (laughs) So you can't wait for that. (laughs) No, exactly. Exactly. I I love it. And I know like for me, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling on this topic, but like like for me, when I made my shift to like really getting my online business going, like it has been something I've been meaning to do for years. I would have like three to five clients here and there for like a good year. And then I essentially came to this position where like I put my two weeks at, and at the gym that I was working at because I essentially was like, it came to things were getting intense there and it came with like an ultimatum where like either I could move my online clients and like build like an online client base for them or I could go off on my own. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take all my in-person clients and like take them to some other gym and I'll still be comfortable there. And then it, it was a messy situation where like I had refused to sign a non-compete, different things like that. And then they came out like, no, we're still actually going to enforce that non-compete. And if you take anybody from the gym, we're going to sue you. So then I was like in a situation where I was like, which again, it's like not at all like trying to throw dirt on them or anything like that. But the point of this is like, for me, it was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh fuck, I have three clients and I literally can't train people within like a 50 mile radius of where I'm at in person. So like literally the only thing to do is build my own business, but kind of like you're saying like that scary leap, that was literally the best thing that could have happened because it just forced it to happen. So anyways, it's kind of a random tangent there, but for you no. with that's, that's perfect. Ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, cause that is literally how I moved from CrossFit to bodybuilding was like a very similar situation of what you just described. <laughs> Dive into that a bit. Yeah. So like I mentioned, you know, when I started nutrition coaching, I was still hard into CrossFit and coaching and doing all that. But uh, the gym I was coaching at was still really pushing a low carb, you know, diet, diet, diet type of atmosphere. And so then people started learning that I was studying nutrition and getting, you know, PN, I have MCI level one and level two and kept learning and was working with Cody and doing all this stuff. And so they would ask me questions. And a lot of what I said contradicted what the owners of the gym were telling people. Okay. So it led, it escalated, you know, and became an issue and we weren't seeing eye to eye. And so I basically one day was a coach at that gym and the next day wasn't (laughs) without, yeah, like you said, you know, not to put shade on anyone, but you know, we had very different philosophies. Right. of what we thought about health and fitness. And so it just wasn't going to work for us to be at the same gym. Right. So I, that was uh, not an ideal situation, <laughs> but it kind of, without that, like now in hindsight, I am so happy that happened Dang. because I wouldn't be right here. You know, right. it was very uncomfortable and I live in a small town. I see these people, you know, we're totally fine with each other. Now we wish each other the best. Um, but at the time it was really sucky, <laughs> Oh yeah. but then that that opened up, like I was working, you know, with Cody, like I said, and he's the one who was kind of like, well, if you need that competitive outlet still, because I need, I need that, I need to compete in something to help me, uh, you know, thrive and light that fire. And so he was like, take this as an opportunity to go all in on bodybuilding and see what happens. And so that's kind of really what sparked the whole transition for me and being trying to gain muscle and going into my first show was because of that falling out. So, okay. Oh, that's dope. Okay. That is crazy. And that's, that's, that's such a good perspective too, because I feel like situations like this, it's always like, I know for me, that was the most stressful time in my life. Like it was like, (laughs) 
like the stress migraines and every morning I wake up like if I lose like a client I have no idea what I'm gonna do right now but again it was just like you're saying like it was the best thing that could possibly happen because it forced me to take action on like I was in this situation I was I wasn't like I didn't love but I was comfortable enough that I wasn't like acting as I needed to. So that's super cool, huh? That's, that's funny. I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> I love it. I so would you take us back then a little bit through like your training and nutrition transformation over the last couple of years? So it sounds like you were very much into CrossFit for a few years. You dived into, and it sounds like you were essentially just spinning your wheels on like a, the like classic paleo diet CrossFit parent, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then progressing forward, how long have you been into bodybuilding now? So really that was kind of the start of 2019 is when I was like, let's see what happens if I just try to put on some muscle and just do bodybuilding and kind of say goodbye to CrossFit forever, (laughs) or at least for for the time being. Um, And so, yeah, that's when I had, and previous to that, like I had dieted in the past, Um, so like I had done one photo shoot prior to kind of making this decision and I felt really skinny. Like (laughs) I'm, I know I'm an athlete and, you know, I work hard in the gym, but then I dieted down and I was like, I guess, you know, people would look at that and probably say she's fit. But like, for me, I just felt small and skinny. And so I was like, how do I change this? And that's what really led me to jump on board with more of a lean gaining approach. Okay. Along with, you know, getting into bodybuilding, like, let's see if I push calories, can I actually change my physique over time? And so that was a huge, huge part of it. Like I would not be where I am right now if I wouldn't have just been like, screw it. Let's, let's put on 12 pounds and see what I look like, right. you know? And it was really, really cool. Cause I spent like the first six months of 2019, just doing that, like just trying to get the scale to climb just pushing my workouts really hard, you know, eating all the carbs (laughs) and, you know, trying obviously, of course, to minimize fat gain, but I'm sure I put on some body fat during that time too, which is totally fine because I also put on a lot of muscle. Um, So I think that, and honestly, one of the coolest parts, like being a female going into that situation and, you know, I've struggled with some disordered eating in the past. And I think all of us get tied to the scale at one point or another And that first like lean gaining phase is really what helped me break free of the scale entirely. Because at first I was like nervous seeing it climb a little bit. And then I remember having weeks where the scale wouldn't climb and I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Why is the scale going up? And I had totally flipped that mentality. Um, And that was honestly kind of like the coolest part for me to really totally reframe that relationship I had with body weight and you know what my body's capable of and allowing for different phases and that was definitely like the coolest part I love it that's dope so going into your first show then so basically it sounds like you did a photo shoot then you committed to a long lean gains phase or it's like a building phase eating eating more calories eating more all the carbs like you said and just focusing (laughs) on building muscle so going into your first show, did you see like, if you don't mind me asking, like what was the weight difference you saw? Like, okay, I'm show ready versus like the first photo shoot that you did. Oh my gosh. I'm not totally sure. But I'm guessing. I think like, I, think I weighed, I'm guessing I weighed more at my first show because right. I know I weighed, I weighed even more than that at my show in February. Right. So And I, I didn't, I wasn't super intense on measurements or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but you can even just tell, like when I look at my photo shoot pictures and then I look at, or even check-in photos, you know, cause I'm, I'm big on weekly photos. Even if you're not checking in with a coach, I think you should take weekly photos for yourself or at least bi-weekly, um, just to see, cause it's cool to look back over time when you have like three years of photos to look through. And yeah, when I look at like check-in photos from around the time of my first photo shoot and then check-in photos around the time of my contest prep, it's like way different, totally different. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen, I think you might've posted like side by side your transformation a while back, but like the, again, the whole like being detached from the scale thing, like 
undoubtedly you probably thought you looked a lot better going into your show as opposed to like what you did that first photo shoot where you felt too skinny right despite being heavier yeah yeah I was still I mean there's no denying you have to get pretty small (laughs) very low body fat to get on stage but um definitely had just more confidence because like another big piece of that is I was training CrossFit for my first photo shoot Right. And then I was training, which, you know, if, if you're not familiar, like CrossFit's very high intensity, it is very performance focused. It is a performance sport. And I totally switched that to bodybuilding, which is training for your physique. Right. So I think that that training change along with obviously pushing calories, just paid dividends to my physique over a long period of time. Right. Gotta be patient with it. <laughs> okay. And I'm sorry, one more time. How long exactly were you in this first like long gaining phase? A solid six months. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Maybe okay. a little bit more. Cause it was really like January through yeah, June. And then I started my prep kind of like July, August time frame. So Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And that's truly I think like that speaks so much to, and I'm sure you see this all the time too. I think that most people, the biggest thing most people are missing from achieving the physiques they want is actually a very long dedicated time to just focusing on eating more and building because so many people have been stuck in the cycle of like dieting, dieting, dieting. And I like, I know like I'll bring on a lot of, like, a lot of clients who like right out of the gate, I just want to get leaner. That's what I've always wanted. That's what I've always been chasing. So we get them leaner, like even like photo shoot condition. And then similar to what you said is like, okay, well, I actually feel a little bit skinnier than I want to. And then it's like, okay, we actually need to take a long time to just focus on building, pushing the scale up. And then when we get you leaner again, then like that's a lot more what you've been chasing. But for most people, that's such a different mindset. Yeah, I think it's it's it sucks. Like I feel like a lot of us are trying to push that message of, you know, look at your year. Like where do you want to be in a year from now? Right. Not just like, I want to do a 30 day cleanse and, and lose 10 pounds, you know, like that's not really going to get you the physique that you want, especially not over time, you know? And then I'll talk to my clients about this all the time and they'll, they'll be okay with pushing calories up for, you know, 30 days or maybe two months. And then they want to diet again, but that's just not enough time to actually build lean mass, especially for women because we just don't have the same hormone levels that guys right. do. You know, everyone who wants to gain muscle has to be patient. But I think my ladies, especially like, you know, three to six months, at least, if you can commit that much of your year, you will be so much stronger, your physique will change, and your next diet will be so much easier because you're starting with that solid, solid foundation, you know, high calories, low stress, more yeah. muscle, like that's the ideal way to start a diet you know? No, I love it. And I think we're very much on the same page there. It's, and honestly though, that's the power of coaching too. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure you do the same thing. Like I have so many clients. I'm taking a lot of women through building phases right now for, it seemed like it aligned. I don't know why it aligned like this, but I have a lot of people in building phases right now. And it's very much the same conversation. Like every week, like, okay, I kind of want to cut now. It's like, no, if we look at the objective data, like if we look at your measurements, we look at your progress pictures, you're still very lean. Like sometimes seeing the scale go up does mess with your head, but realize that like muscle building is very, very slow process, right? It takes, like, I think Steve Hall was the one that told me this analogy of like building muscle is like riding a bike up a hill, whereas fat loss is like riding a bike downhill, right? Like if we add a little bit of fatter in this building process, we can lose that in like, a month to two like we and granted it again it all depends but we can lose fat very quickly muscle building though we need a lot of time to really let this happen and i think one of the biggest mistakes people make is kind of just trying to rush again like you said like okay i've been eating in a surplus for two weeks i'm ready to go back to dieting right, <laughs> right. no i love it i love it so i think we're very much on the same page there so i want to dive into nutrition a little bit more um what does your clientele like? Do you work with mostly women or more of a mixture of women and men? Yeah, I definitely work with mostly women, I would say. Because okay. now that we, the tailored coaching method team has grown a little bit. And so we have a couple guys on the team who really like to work with men. So we kind of <laughs> have divided up a little bit, which hopefully that's only for the better. But yeah, mostly, <laughs> mostly ladies in my roster right now. 
Okay. Okay. So I'm about to ask you a very generalized question, a very broad question. <laughs> but with the women that you bring on, generally, are there like a few most common mistakes you see people are making before they start coaching with you? Yes. I would say if there's like a a big general piece of advice I could give just everyone who wants to or is thinking about, you know, hiring a coach because they want to get leaner, it would be, you know, my ideal client coming to me that wants to go into a fat loss, like I kind of mentioned, they have high calories, they have, you know, low stress, somewhat low cardio, and they're, you know, starting to follow a strength program. Whereas I see most, at least nine out of 10 of the women that come to me already have been dieting for months, usually, if not years, um, already are restricting calories. You know, they're trying to do cardio like seven days a week, doing all kinds of crazy hit classes and stuff. You know, that is a really, really, really hard position to be in because then we, we have to start with some type of reverse diet or diet break or something to get your body back into a place where it can lose fat because anyone who's low calorie for a long period of time, you know, metabolic adaptation is a real thing. You can definitely undo it. It is not permanent damage, but it, it's just natural for your body to adapt down. So we would always have to start with resetting that. So if you can instead kind of, I guess a way to improve upon that would be, you know, have a part of your year that you want to dedicate to fat loss. And make sure that's not when you have a bunch of travel going on or like the holidays, you right. definitely wouldn't want to do it. Um, but pick a period of your year that you can really go all in on your fat loss goals. And then the rest of the year, like we were just talking about, that leaves plenty of time to focus on your health, your relationships, your workout performance, building strength, having flexibility, right? Right. Because that's to kind of take this on a tangent, which hopefully is okay. It. Please do. But Please do. <laughs> that's another question that I get all the time is, you know, how do you stay lean, but have balance and, you know, air quotes, live your life. And you, you only really can get that balance if you look at your year as a whole. Like when I'm prepping for a competition, there is no balance right. <laughs> because that's kind of the, the zero or 100, like that's when I'm full, full mode, a hundred on my specific goal and my deadline. So there isn't really, there, there aren't really date nights. There aren't, you know, Saturday beer days or anything like that. <laughs> but I, but when I look at my year as a whole, like the past five months, I have had that flexibility. I've had fun date nights. I've traveled a little bit, you know, minus the Corona. <laughs> um, so Not I've, so much I've, the last few months. I know. Right. <laughs> But I've I've had that flexibility during that time when I've been focusing again on building my physique a little bit because I know that the next time I prep, I'm not going to have that. So right. you don't always get that food freedom or that flexibility or you know how some people visualize like living their best life. You're there are always going to be trade offs when you go into a diet phase. Right. So that's another reason it's so good to look at your year as a whole and. Make sure that you are feeding those other aspects of your life when you're not dieting. Right. I love it. And it very much ties into the idea of nutritional periodization, which exactly something I do. And I'm pretty sure that I actually took this from the tailored coaching method tracker. <laughs> so I'm pretty you <laughs> is like when a client starts with me, I like to lay out like, okay, here's a rough idea of like what our periodization looks like. I typically do like six months worth of like, okay, here's about what, and you guys do that too, right? Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I'm pretty sure I took this from your tracker and added it to my tracker <laughs> because I like it so much. But that's what, I love that. And I think like you mentioned trade-offs there as well, like just understanding. And I think that's huge too, because like you said, like getting ready for your bodybuilding show, you weren't like going out, three times a week, I'm guessing, or anything. Like that. <laughs> Definitely not. So then for you now, because this is another common when we kind of are chasing this like lifestyle balance or like practicing maintenance, so to speak. For you, just because it does seem like you're somebody that I didn't plan on asking this, but it does seem like you're somebody that does a pretty good job of like maintaining, okay, I have a more like flexible lifestyle in the off season, but I also do stay pretty lean. 
are there like some key tenets or like some biggest um, behaviors that you kind of have in place or like guidelines that you give people to like, okay, here's how we kind of balance staying relatively lean, but also living our lives. Yeah. Well, honestly, that's why I love macro so much because it really can give you a lot of flexibility. Of course that flexibility can be abused. um, But that's, I still track my food, you know, at least six days out of the week. Um, I think if you don't have that intense or that specific of goals, you can obviously have a little bit more flexibility. And if you do have a really specific deadline, you'll need to dial it in more. But for the most part, you know, this has been said many times, but macros are really just a budget. So if I know that I want to have a date night with my husband, I try to think about that and plan my day accordingly. I don't just say no, because I have to hit whatever, you know, you can so easily fit in those foods. And I think a lot of people just get caught up in the all or nothing mindset. And it just doesn't have to be like that, especially if you're around a maintenance phase, you know, simply planning ahead is so huge. Um, I guess thinking of like specific behaviors that I do, you know, if I know I can't hit my macros perfectly, I'm at least going to get in my protein because we all know like protein is a powerhouse, you know, macronutrient for maintaining that lean physique. So that would be one suggestion, you know, always dial in your protein first. Um, Try to not skip your workouts, right? Like I have a very specific program that I follow. And so I always try to make sure I prioritize my workouts and take, you know, if I want to travel or do something fun or, you know, go somewhere, I will have that be on a rest day. So again, that's just more planning ahead. Um, but that would, those would probably be kind of the biggest things. And again, it, it's, I think people really get stuck when they think of it all or nothing. Like all of some of my clients, they're like, well, I had a cookie today and, you know, I just feel, are you mad at me? And I'm like, first of all, like, I would never judge you. <laughs> I'm just here to support you. But uh, second of all, like, even if you're dieting, if you're just like trying to lose a couple pounds, you can keep cookies in your diet. Okay. There's, there's one of, uh, I, I actually worked with a mindset coach this year too, uh, celestial fit on Instagram. She's awesome. And what one thing that she says is, you know, what's worse having one now or having 20 later and turning it into a binge, right? Just let yourself have a little bit now, try to not cut anything out entirely. And that alone can be just like very empowering and help you adhere long-term to something. So I think those would kind of be like big keys, like planning ahead, you know, in moderation, practicing those. I love it. And I love that you touched on two planning ahead because it is very much mm-hmm. like similar to you. And I, I imagine like we talk about all our philosophies and they would all probably be very similar, but <laughs> like similar to you, I love macros or even just like tracking, tracking calories and protein because where I think like a yeah. lot of times in the past people have seen it as like, this is something that's very obsessive and unhealthy when the reality is like, if you look at it, I feel like for most people it's so empowering because like you said, like, Oh no, look, whereas before you always thought cookies were off limits and you always had this terrible reputation with them. Like you can work, you can work two cookies into your macros today. You're fine. Your progress isn't hurt. And for most people, I feel like that's like a light bulb. But then also when we're talking about this flexible lifestyle, like you said, it still does take, I think that planning ahead is truly like the biggest piece of this. Cause I also think that sometimes like, and I honestly think like for me, I've like probably posted too many like pictures with alcohol on my Instagram and then just, <laughs> yeah, he just goes out and does whatever. And like when the reality is still, it's very much like, okay, like you said, I know I have a date with my girlfriend tonight. Like I'm going to plan my day ahead in the morning before I eat anything. So I know exactly what it needs to look like to still like be on point with my goals. And then like, just like understanding those trade-offs too is huge. Like if I don't do that, I need to be okay with the fact that I'm allowing myself to make slower progress. And again, that's fine. But like just understanding those trade-offs are so key. Yeah, exactly. I, I tell my clients that a lot. Like you think that was actually one really hard thing for me when I did my first show is I just totally cut out alcohol, like for the first time in my life, really, because I just, honestly, I didn't want to waste the calories when I could have food. (laughs) So, and I like heading into it at first, I was like, this is going to be so hard. This is going to be so hard. And then, you know, a couple weeks in, I was like, this is actually really easy. Like if you can just make that switch with your mindset of stop telling yourself that something's like, it's going to be impossible to stay on track for 
my friend's birthday party this weekend. No, right. it's not. Like you can, you can do it if you kind of make that switch in your mind and just think instead, like, this is very possible. I have a plan going in. I feel good about it. Like just that shift alone can be so huge and so empowering to help you value that long-term goal instead of just like a very short-term, what you think is a reward. <laughs> right. No, exactly. And that's what I feel like this whole conversation of trade-offs and like thinking through which is more important to you is basically just like, am I choosing instant gratification or am I choosing delayed gratification? Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so huge. I love it. Um, so you said you worked with a mindset coach this year as well, right? Mm-hmm, I did. Tell, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that? Like what sparked that? Yeah. So vulnerability moment. <laughs> so really what sparked it is, so I had my show, I had a show in October <clears throat> and I did really well. I won my class. I won a couple other divisions. I didn't win overall, but that was enough to qualify to compete at a higher level. So that's what kind of really lit my fire to be like, maybe I can get a pro card. So let's take it up a notch. So I would not recommend this, but I basically had like three or four weeks off and then dive dove right into another prep. Um, Yeah. And that it worked in the end (laughs) because I I was able to win my pro card, but in hindsight, you know, it, it put me in a bad place mentally. Like I, previously glossed over I have struggled with disordered eating in the past primarily during like my college years when I didn't really have that fitness outlet and didn't know anything about nutrition um so getting more into fitness and learning more about nutrition I was able to work through a lot of those things but then kind of with the back-to-back preps and the stress I my last prep so very early this year struggled with some binge days basically the coach that I was working with at the time, he actually had, I was following a meal plan too, which I think was part of it. That was just too restrictive for me versus macros. Um, And he actually had, instead of like calling it a refeed day, he basically called it like a cheat meal. And there was a lot of, which I don't like that term because like, what are you doing? Are you like cheating on yourself? Like, are you cheating on your goals? It's so negative, I feel like. (laughs) And so when I would have those like cheat meal days, they really did turn into like a total cheat day and a binge day. And it just like, it wasn't good. Um, Somehow my body was able to keep up with me and I had enough awareness around it that I kind of kept it under control, but you know, it was not the best position to be in. And so after that show, I was like, okay, I need a break and I need to freaking deal with this because if, if I don't work on it, it's not going to go away. So that is when I hired Celeste. Again, her Instagram is Celeste Fit. I'm pretty positive. <laughs> I can send it to you after. <laughs> but um, yeah, and she is uh, in the bodybuilding space and she mainly works with bodybuilders all on their relationship with food. So That's she's um, in school for, I don't even know what her degree is, something, you know, some type of psychology awesomeness. But yeah, so she, I worked one-on-one with her for about five weeks and just put in all kinds of practices around my food choices. So honestly, it was a lot, a lot of journaling. Right. <laughs> like literally every time I was eating, I was sitting down and asking myself, you know, a series of questions about how this food can serve me and, you know, if I'm hungry and if I have cravings, you know, journaling on that. So it was really just breaking down what was going on in my head because that's really all it is right it was like my feelings of restriction that were causing me to binge eat and so that was just like crazy crazy helpful like I strongly encourage anyone who's struggling with any type of disordered eating like actually get help don't just think you can diet forever and it'll go away because it will not (laughs) but yeah so that was just it was a lot of awareness around why I'm making certain choices and slowing down more than anything else. You know, a lot of us eat in front of screens, like that was something I tried to cut out. Um, Or you just are stressed. And so you start eating, like trying to figure out the emotions behind your choices. And yeah, so, so she, she seriously helped me. And I made a lot of changes that were very beneficial. And I started working with a different coach who has a more macro based approach. So that was huge for me too. Um, 
so yeah, that <laughs> gives you an overview, I think. I love it. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that because I know that's not easy to share. But yeah. also, like, undoubtedly, people listening to this show so struggle with the same thing. And I mean, mm-hmm. even for you, I'm sure that's helped you a lot as a coach too, right? Just like going through this process. Yes. Yeah. Because I think it's, I think it's important for more people, like more of us in the space to like speak up about these things because so many people struggle with something, you know, related to food, or maybe it's like purging through exercise and you're kind of addicted to like doing cardio if you have a cheeseburger or something. And so, yeah, it has really helped me kind of relate more to my clients who are going through that and just to be open with them. Cause you know, I think connection is a big part of what makes a good coach, a good coach. And so it's really helped me with that as well. Just being like, no, look, you know, I know sometimes my Instagram is too right. cookie cutter. Probably I try to keep it real, but I'm sure I trend away from that sometimes. And I really have been where you're at, you know, right. we have almost everyone in the fitness space has gone through challenges. It's just whether or not they're necessarily super open about it or not, but they probably have. <laughs> I think one of the most, like you said, I think one of the most powerful things you can do as a coach is like explain to your clients to have been in their shoes at one point. Like I know for like people transform when they see, and I mean, we could apply this in not just like I was thinking more actually business when I thought of this, but like any area, like physically as well. Like when you see that somebody else has done, it's like the cheesy, like the, what is it? The five minute mile four minute mile. I think the five minute mile, like when they, when they, whatever it was, when they found out like the dude, they always thought it was the unbreakable record. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then whatever dude that ran the first five minute mile, then everybody started breaking it now, but it's kind of a terrible analogy for this, but <laughs> similarly, like when people understand like the U as a coach, you've been exactly where they were. Like, it's like, Oh shit. Like I really am like just as capable of doing this as they were. And then that's a super empowering thing. Whereas like if you're just giving people a mac- like macros training plan and there's no connection involved in that, I feel like mm-hmm. you're selling people short so much. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. But then taking it to this is a re- this is really interesting actually. So as far as clients that are struggling with similar, do you feel like most of what you so like, for example, maybe we're struggling with binge eating? Um, and I know like neither of us are like certified professionals in this area or anything like that. So of course it's very much within the scope of practice, but what are like some, if you have a client that's struggling with that, are most of the practices you focus on around awareness or can you dive into that a bit? Yeah, totally. So definitely adding in mindset work is one of the first things I like to do, which I like to do that with all my clients. If they're, they're they're not doing anything as far as, you know, meditation, journaling, um, writing poems, reading, I don't know, like whatever it is that helps you kind of slow down and connect with what's going on in your head. Cause all of us are so freaking like, go, 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 go. And we don't take care of what's going on in our head. Um, so if they're not doing some type of mindset work, whatever that means to them, that would kind of be the first thing I would say add in. And then another thing that I've noticed, uh, that really helped me too is normalizing foods. So for instance, like you could kind of get to the bottom of this by asking your clients, like, what, what are the foods you're binging on? Like, what is it like huge bowls of cereal until you hit like 2000 calories of cereal or, you know, whatever it may be, sometimes figuring out like what that food is and asking more questions about what the situation is, like what triggered that situation will help you kind of get to the root cause of what's going on. Um, So for me, you know, I used to like, not keep peanut butter in the house. I used to not keep ice cream in the house. Like now those are foods that I always keep in the house, but it's been a process because those are foods I used to very easily overeat or binge eat on. And so I was like, they're bad. I just can't have them, which a lot of people have those opinions of foods, right? They have like a list of quote unquote bad foods, right? But if you can start to normalize those, um, and, and start small, you know, start by tracking uh, if, if you binge eat cereal or you have in the past, or you feel like you can't have cereal in your house, start by actually weighing out like one portion of cereal and have it like every day in your macros until like that will really help build your confidence with that food and help you realize that, you know, it is all foods are just food. 
And right. any food can, I truly believe that any food can serve you far more than it could limit you. Right. So kind of trying to normalize food. So that's kind of that whole practice or what that's called is, you know, right. bringing foods back in. And then also asking questions about what else might've triggered the binge. Like for a lot of people, it's stress. Just like what I said before, you know, we're all so go, go, go right. that, you know, you get stressed out and food when we eat, you know, that releases certain neurotransmitters that make us feel good because humans need food to survive. So our body does reward us for eating. So if you can start to be proactive with noticing, when do you get stressed out? Is it always at the same time of day? Is it in these type of situations? Okay. And what makes you feel relaxed? How can we add in some of those relaxing activities proactively so that when you feel like you're starting to get stressed, you're like, nope, now is when I text my best friend or yeah. whatever and try to, or now is when I go for a walk, walk my dog, right. you know? So trying to change the, the habit patterns around that behavior too. Okay. But like it. you said, you know, we're not necessarily specialists. So I always recommend working with a specialist if you actually have some type of eating disorder that would always be my first recommendation to you <laughs> no 100 and I, I couldn't agree more that is I, that is very very similar to like what you just described i always call that like an if slash then statement or oh yeah yeah statement. so like yeah. we and that it's so funny i feel like this whole podcast has just been us agreeing with each other essentially but <laughs> sorry guys i tell people like if we okay so like whatever this emotion is the you feel like is leading to whatever behavior we're trying to break. So, and like you said, generally it's binge eating. Like, okay, if I feel this, then we're going to set up, then I do this. So whatever, like I take five box breaths or I like go for a two minute walk, something like that. That's, that is super, I, I love it. That's, that's dope to hear. So um, for you kind of coming off of, this is kind of taking a different direction than I expected to, but this is all so interesting to me to talk to other coaches about um, coming off of your, bodybuilding show has it been hard for you mentally to see yourself not be as lean oh my gosh yes <laughs> Dive into every that. every client who i've ever had you know or asked them to start a reverse diet you know we never want to leave people in a deficit forever right mm -hmm. they I, I don't think i've ever had someone be like i'm super ready to increase right. calories give me right. the calories you know people typically are like i'm scared I, I'm nervous to add back in foods. I want to stay lean. And I'm always like, I have been there literally every time I've reverse dieted. It's scary. I don't think it ever gets that scary. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but you get kind of addicted to the progress. That's easy to see when you're cutting, right? You get to see the scale drop. You get to see changes in your measurements, changes in your photos. Maybe you see like new muscle lines or definition that you haven't seen before. And that's very much an ego boost more than anything else, right? right? And you can you can easily tick that off to see that it's working. But when you have to recover and take care of your health um, post-show or post-diet or whatever it may be, you really have to look for other things. You right. can't start a reverse diet and expect to look in the mirror each week and still get leaner, right? There are some freaks out there who that kind of happens to those really lucky people. But um, for the most part, you know, you're, you're going to put on a little bit more body fat. You're very minimal amounts for the most part, but you might look a little bit softer. And so for me, what has helped is always having goals set up for after a diet phase. Right. So like typically for me, that's going to shift back towards what am I doing in the gym? And how can I build upon my physique now? Because once you're done dieting, like that's when you, the kind of the fun really starts right. because that's when you can actually, like we were talking about to start, like that's when you can start building your physique so that you actually see changes over time. Because if you just kind of maintain and you don't push your workouts during that next phase and you diet again, three months later, you're going to look the exact same. Right. Right. So shifting your mindset from, like you're not going to see the same type of progress that you'll see during a cut, but you can use that time to focus on health. You know, um, you can, you know, check your blood work and make sure you're all good. As far as optimal hormone levels, you can set yourself some relationship goals. You know, often when we're dieting, our relationships get neglected 
because of those trade-offs we talked about. Um, and definitely set performance and strength goals for the gym. I think that's so, so huge so that you can kind of shift and be like, okay, I might not stay shredded for the next month, but I really crushed that diet phase. And now I'm going to improve it for the next time I want to get lean. Right. No, I love it. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's very important to understand, like for people to understand too, like saying as lean as you were for your show, is very hard on your body, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah, long- I was, oh my God. I'm like so tired during prep. Like you just like, don't even think about like, obviously I'm hungry too, but I was just like fatigued, man. Right. I would sleep like 10 hours some nights. Like that's no way to live. Nobody wants to live without cheeseburgers forever and like without being able to go on cool hikes and stuff you know right so yeah not sustainable definitely not it's fun for like a day and for good photos but yeah (laughs) and that's it's that's something i wanted to bring up because i know like i've talked through a lot of clients about the same thing like post photo shoot and like comparing yourself to how you look in your pictures post photo shoot or like i know for me like my first photo shoot i didn't even feel like it looked good going into it and then i saw my pictures and i was like oh those those look really good and like forever in my mind since then the benchmark is like how i look in those photo shoot pictures not even like the reality of like how i looked the day before when i was like man i look really really skinny right now but like those pictures i look jacked so then i feel like it's i feel like it's just an important thing for people to understand like you're gonna go through these fluctuations where like okay maybe i don't look as lean but like you said like I added two reps with the same weight as last week. Like I'm getting stronger. Like all these, my relationships are so much better and just like setting outside like different metrics that we're looking at outside of just like, I am so shredded right now. Because again, like if you're always in that point, you're never going to be able to progress your physique because our hormones, our body fat levels are just below the point where our body will actually allow us to prioritize ever building muscle. So it's an easy way to just spin your wheels for a very long time. And honestly, feel really shitty for a very long time. Now, like that said, this podcast is called Living Lean. So, of course, like <laughs> we don't have the point. There, the point here is there's a very fine line between like what's sustainably lean and you can enjoy your life versus like you just feel terrible. You can't make progress. But oh, yeah. Like I definitely consider myself lean right now, exactly. but I'm not stage lean or shredded, you know, so you exactly. can definitely ma- stay lean when you focus on building muscle, you know, we're not like you and I aren't talking about old school, dirty bulks, where right. you like <laughs> eat pop tarts all day, but you can, you can progress well. your physique and still maintain pretty lean physique. You know, right. it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. Right. right. No, I love it. I love it. All right. I want to be super respectful of your time. This has been super yeah, fun. Yeah. And I feel like I've known you for a very long time. So it's cool to chat with you for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I let you go, anything at all you would like to plug? Um, I guess just the best way to communicate with me if you have other questions or just uh, want to learn more about, you know, bikini competitions or anything like that, I'd love to chat with you. So the best place to do that would be on Instagram, which is just my name at Caroline Ofenstein underscore TCM. I'm sure we can link that in the show since my last name is a tough one. <laughs> I blame my husband, but... <laughs> But yeah, that would be the best way to kind of contact me and and uh, get more info on on the TCM team if you're curious too. Perfect. I will link that up. And also, you wrote like a series of blogs about your yeah right. Okay. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm gonna link that in the show notes too because those were really cool. And I think again, like it would be very enlightening for a lot of people to read. So I'll make sure I link those in the show notes as well. Yeah, I have one that kind of detailed all about that time period of last year when I put on like 12 pounds. So that would be okay. a good one for ladies to check out. Yeah. Dope, dope. I love it. I will put all those in the show notes. Again, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me.